Hello, and welcome to another episode of Public Safety Insight podcast series sponsored by Samsung. Samsung is committed to supporting public safety and helping them to use technology as a force multiplier. I'm Scott Hogue, and I'm excited today to be interviewing someone I've known for a long time, Dale Stockton. A little bit about Dale. Dale's retired from the Carlsbad Police Department as a captain after serving in law enforcement for about 32 years. He's well known for his role as the founder of Below 100, a uh, common sense approach to officer safety, and also a forward-thinking tech practitioner. And I've uh, worked with Dale on a variety of different projects, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk with him today about this tech conversation. And that's what we're here to talk about today is tech, specifically mobile technology, because this is an area that's rapidly evolving in law enforcement and departments are taking advantage of what mobile can do for them with their operations. So let's let's kick this off this morning with a general question. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, Scott. This is great. If you could just talk to our audience about what do you think are the biggest challenges facing law enforcement today? There's several, no doubt about it. And not in any specific order. I don't want someone thinking I'm starting off with with a number one priority, but they're all important. So clearly relationships with the community are different today than when you and I were on the street. They're just they're strained. And uh, it's in the news every night. So that's that's definitely a challenge. I don't think there's a department out there that isn't concerned about this, but at the same time, they're concerned with funding. Many agencies were hit by actually defunding efforts, and, and they're trying to recover from that. And even though the pendulum is swinging back to the other way, budget's definitely a concern. And part of that is obviously funding for personnel, but staffing has become a real issue, both in terms of recruitment, getting quality applicants, and retaining those people. Of course, people are your most important resource. The safety of those people in the field, uh, officer safety is paramount. We want our folks to get home at night, and there are some definite uh, challenges there in terms of some of the violence we're seeing on the street. And in terms of that violence, crime is returning to levels we've not seen since the mid-1990s. So many people are fearful in their own homes. And many officers are really concerned. I think every officer is concerned about the crime they're seeing out there. Yeah, some some real good thoughts there. And, you know, if you're a, a police department and you look at those things that you just outlined, this half dozen or so items that you outlined, how do you feel that tech, specifically mobile technology, would play a role in solving some of those problems? You know, some some agencies might go, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but how does mobile tech impact that? Yeah, I like the way you phrase that, uh, because sometimes when you talk about mobile technologies, specifically smartphones, some folks relegate it to, oh, well, talk and text. How's that going to help with your relationship with the community? So let's just go back. I, I think it'd be helpful, these challenges I just outlined. Let's just hit each one of them and put it from the perspective of what could mobile do. The relationship with the community. This is one where officers with a smartphone, for instance, can follow up with a crime victim in a very convenient way. The victim can can literally email them attachments, videos relevant to whatever they're reporting. A follow-up doesn't now require a drive across the beat to meet with a person in their home. In fact, 
the way people work today, they may be 100 miles away at a job they commute to. So this allows an officer to maintain that relationship. And then, of course, when it comes to social media, many, many departments are beginning to leverage mobile very effectively in terms of interacting with the community on an almost real-time basis. And then in terms of funding, let's roll funding in with staffing because we know staffing is really a challenge and there's fewer officers on the street, but those same officers are expensive to get on the street. The bottom line there is you want to make the most effective use of the personnel and mobile really helps them to be more efficient in the field. When you have opportunities to access information that you might have otherwise had to go back to the station for or be essentially centered in on your car because it's your primary source of information, you can just work a whole lot more efficiently. And what about this? Here, I'll give you this example. In terms of efficiency, let's take something that I think every officer's dealt with more than a few times. Three o'clock in the morning and you got a juvenile on a, on a street corner, it's way past curfew. They're in somewhat a risky situation being out at that time in the morning, whether they're up to something or if someone might take advantage of them. And you need to contact the parents. Well, the old school way of doing that was you get out the radio, you type the radio, talk in dispatch, trying to go back and forth, reach the parents at home. Their phone rings at three in the morning. They're scared to death because now it's the police department. Of course, the dispatcher doesn't know the full situation, but the parents want to know everything. Contrast that with an officer with a smartphone who can call the parent direct and right off the bat say, I'm Officer Smith. I'm here with your daughter, Susie, and she's fine. but." She's out here at three in the morning. So I'm going to put her on the phone with you for a minute, just so you can be assured that she's okay. And then I'll tell you how we're going to resolve this, right? It's a world away from the way we used to do it. And it helps people feel better about the way officers are acting with them. It saves radio time, which in many places, radio traffic is something that you want to minimize because those channels are often congested. There's less chance for miscommunication. And the whole thing's going to be resolved in a more timely manner. So mobile really, really helps in situations like that. What about you know safety of personnel? I mentioned that. And I guess for me, two things come immediately to mind. Situational awareness, because officers literally live or die by the information they have or they don't have, and smartphones help them get effective information. And then something a lot of people don't think about, we've had AVL, automatic vehicle location, for years. But that tells you where the vehicle is. It doesn't tell you where the officer at the end of the foot pursuit is. Mobile, smartphones specifically, allow you to get geolocation at a person level. That's a game changer. That's an absolute game changer. And then finally, crime. You know, it just I think all the things we've already touched on in terms of situational awareness, information, just being able to have information to help you address crime more quickly. Identify somebody. Let's say you're dealing with a suspect on a street corner. You're not sure who they are, but the guy on the other side of the county or on the other side of the city thinks they may know. Take a picture, send it to to that officer, and they're giving you background information that a radio just can't give you. So I'll stop there. I, I, I feel very strongly mobile is really a, a good tool for departments today. Great information there. Separate from officer safety, we'll talk about officer safety and, and how mobile data impacts that. But separate from that, you know, it seems like it's going to get to the point in law enforcement when an officer, you know, is hired, 
one of the tools that they're issued is a smartphone and they carry that mobile number throughout their, their career. You know, I think there's a variety of agencies that are starting to move in that direction. But could you talk just a minute about mobile apps? You know, how are the apps on the phone improving the officer's work? You know, like e-ticketing and, and some of those other apps. Again, separate from officer safety, we'll get to that in a minute, but how, what are some of the other apps that officers are using? You know, that, that old saying, there's an app for that. It's really, really true. We did a webinar sometime back with an agency and they had a slide that outlined all the things they were doing. And I, I was struck by how small the font had to be in order to list all the different things they were doing with phones. I don't know that I can give you all of them in the, in the course of the podcast, but some of them that come immediately to mind are perhaps the most obvious, but every officer now has a quality camera. That's big. I, I think you probably remember when we had to wait for the person with the camera to come to the scene right. and type, right? And then, of course, we didn't have immediate digital photos to work with. So that's great. Always available video camera, a quality audio recorder. Those are pretty obvious because people know smartphones can do that. But what about things like measuring the level of sound for a noise disturbance, turning it into a decimeter? What about an on-scene free, by the way, translator for someone who doesn't speak English. Google Translate is widely used by law enforcement. You mentioned eSight, which, of course, makes issuing citations much more efficiently and leveraging technology. And then you've got things like training bulletins and updates, legal resources, a variety of apps that continue to evolve. And I'll I'll stop there because I, I, I think people can see just how diverse the apps are and and agencies, you know, cops are pretty innovative. They're finding more and more ways to to use those phones. Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree with that hundred percent. Can you take just a a minute, you know, a lot of agencies go, okay, this is good. I, I like what you're saying, but can you give some examples of some agencies that are actually doing what you're talking about, that they're using the mobile phone and I hear out there that there are actually agencies that are working to use the mobile phone to replace the old laptops in the car. Can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe some agencies that are doing that that you're familiar with? Well, sure. The Something you mentioned there towards the end about replacing the laptop in the car, probably many people in the audience have heard of, of DeX, Samsung DeX specifically. DeX is a, a short terminology for essentially desktop experience. This is something that's built in virtually all of the Samsung phones. And we all know that the smartphone of today is actually a powerful computer. So you ask for examples of agencies. I'll give you two off the top of my head. And they're, they're pretty much the extreme in terms of agency size. The first one is Monroe County Sheriff in Missouri. And this is an agency with 10 folks, 10 deputies. And the sheriff there, when he got elected, He wanted to make efficient use of every deputy that he had, and he thought empowering them with mobile technology was the way to get there. He had a mobile phone he'd been using. He'd read about, ironically, the agency I'm going to talk about next, Chicago, and what they were doing, and thought that that might have application for his agency. So he did his due diligence. He checked the apps, made sure they'd work on the smartphone, and fast forward to today, They've got every one of their marked units now operational with a DEX smartphone in-car computer setup. 
So they got a dedicated keyboard, a dedicated display, and the smartphone's running everything. And of course, they still have the benefit of the smartphone in the field that we've already talked about. And going one step further, they're using them for body-worn cameras. We can talk about that later, but it's, it's just incredible what they're doing. And this is a 10-person agency. At the other end of the spectrum, I already mentioned Chicago, they're rolling out um, smartphones. They're trying to get to a point that every officer has a phone. They're not quite there yet, but they're definitely headed very quickly towards that in-car computing capability with the smartphones. And I just heard that the fire department's paying attention. They decided they want this too. So there's there's a lot happening in Chicago. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting as you're sitting there talking about these agencies, I go back to sort of that relationship with the community. So, you know, in my career, you were sort of tied to the car if you wanted information. You had to go to your laptop or go back to the station where now with a mobile phone, you can untether from the car and be able to do so much more with that, uh, with a smartphone. That's that's great that uh, agencies are able to do that. You just made me think of something about Dex, the whole idea of you've got that capability in the car and the field. And we didn't even talk about the fact that you can now dock the phone in the station and have the equivalent of the desktop experience, hence the name Dex. So these officers that are empowered with that smartphone can really, really increase their effectiveness, their efficiency in the field. Yeah, that's great. So you talked earlier, just you touched on it lightly about officer safety. So using the mobile technology to assist officer safety improve officer safety and wellness. Can you talk a little bit about how mobile does that? So let's hit two areas. I mentioned earlier situational awareness. There's a great and very powerful app known primarily as ATAC, Android Team Awareness Kit, or TAC for short, Team Awareness Kit. So think of real-time situational awareness, dots on the map, all the resources you need in terms of like a staging area or a primary evacuation point that people can see real time. So essentially every officer has the equivalent of a command and control and they have common operate picture from a small tactical situation to a major search and rescue operation. ATAC is super powerful in terms of that. And of course, makes everybody safer in what they're doing. And then you mentioned wellness. Many, many agencies around the country are now using uh, smartphones as the primary way for officers to have 24-7 access to wellness applications, all the way from just viewing a video on something specific, anywhere from dealing with substance abuse to finances, all the way up to and including having 24-7 access to a therapist. It varies greatly in terms of what agencies are doing, but suffice to say, the mobile device allows them to provide it in a very confidential, yet very effective way. And can you touch just real briefly on wearables? You know, from an officer safety standpoint, it was great technology when I was in the, the field where you could see where the car was at. You had AVL, the automatic vehicle locating. Now with a wearable, agencies can actually see where the employee, where the officer is at. So he or she gets out of the car, they get into a foot chase they can actually track that officer by that wearable. Can you talk just real quickly about how wearables play into this? Well, you you gave a, a great example. And one of the things that uh, whenever I, I mention DEX to an agency, frequently the question comes up, well, what happens if the officer bails out of the car and leaves the smartphone behind? What about that? That's a role that the wearable can definitely 
play in terms of continuing that awareness of, of where the officer is, again, at a person level, at the officer level. But the technology's there, and I'm going to describe a situation to you that I think every officer listening out there can identify with. It's technologically feasible to do this today. Candidly, I don't know if any agency or any software vendor that's pulled it all together, but here's here's the version of it. The officer's on patrol, sees a suspicious subject behind a building at three in the morning, gets out of the car, suddenly the chase is on. It's a foot pursuit. The phone's been left behind, but because of the use of the wearable, those wearables are smart. They know that the officer's now running. It's very, very possible for that awareness that the officer's now running to be sent immediately to dispatch. And the red dot pops up on the map. The dispatcher knows this officer's running. They can either reach out via the radio or with wearable, they can basically turn the the wearable into a hot mic and hear what's happening. So now without the officer having to do anything that would distract from watching that suspect and staying in that pursuit with safety in mind, dispatch can tell other units where they are, that they're, they're running, any communication that they hear over the wearable, and continue advising other units in terms of what's happening in real time. That's a game changer. Yeah, that's amazing. So good information there. So can you transition a little bit to security? So, you know, we have CGIS that we're all required to follow in law enforcement. And can you just talk a little bit at a high level of what an agency would need to think about from a CGIS standpoint if they're going to deploy mobile in their agency? Okay. So you you hit on one we did a webinar on CGIS compliance with smartphones sometime back and, and polled the audience. And it was interesting, the question of what's your biggest challenge in terms of rolling out a mobile program? I thought the answer would be funding. Instead, the answer was, how do we get to be CGIS compliant? So let's explain what that is real quick. CGIS stands for Criminal Justice Information Systems and specifically dealing with criminal justice information, hence CJI. So the rule is that anytime law enforcement is dealing with CJI in a very general sense, you ask for high level, they have to comply with CJIS policy, which is not written by the FBI, but essentially the program is administered by the FBI because we're accessing systems, many of which they control. So in order to access that information, there's certain things that have to be in place for that smartphone and that mobile system the agency's using. And just broad terms, you have to have encryption, you have to have advanced authentication, you have to have a mobile device manager, often called MDM, that's capable of controlling those phones, locating those phones, breaking those phones if they're compromised. That's all important. Those are the three main areas that you have to have in order to use the phones for CJI queries. I don't want to put anybody off, so let's be clear about this. The sheer utility of a smartphone should not be withheld from officers just because the department doesn't feel like they're ready to engage in doing criminal justice inquiries. Get the tools in the field, get them used, and then begin layering in those additional capabilities, which may essentially include criminal justice queries. Yeah, excellent. Excellent information. So based on your comments here today, let's say an agency sold, they want to deploy mobile technology in their agency. 
What are some things they need to think about when they're purchasing mobile technology? And you've hit on a, a few of them, but what are what are some other things that they should be thinking about as they move forward? Boy, there's a bunch of them. I would suggest, first of all, think two main tracks. One, where are we today? What are the systems that we have in place today? And secondly, what do we want to accomplish if we roll out mobile? What are the new capabilities or the enhanced capabilities we want to do? So it's really important you have kind of a a foundational awareness of what your current systems are because some CAD systems are somewhat archaic. They can't work with mobile. Other CAD vendors are, are really going all in and taking full advantage of smartphones. So that would be a concern to have a good awareness of what your current capabilities are. And then even things like your existing network security, because some of those CGIS compliant things we just talked about may already be somewhat in place by virtue of the already in place network that you're running. Then since this is mobile, there's the obvious concern of wireless side of it. Who are we going to choose for a carrier? And I, I would just offer this in that in government, the default is where can we get the best price? That should not be the issue when choosing a carrier. It should be coverage, coverage, coverage. If right. you don't have coverage, it's a brick. So I, I think those are the basics. Yeah, that, that's really good. The carrier is a, a very important piece of this, of making sure that you have a carrier that works in, in your jurisdiction. Because if not, if it's not reliable, the officers uh, will tend not to use it. Dale, any final thoughts? Uh, what are your recommendations in closing to an agency? Well, number one, check around and see what's being done in your area. And if there's anything within you know reasonable site visit distance, go for it. Right. Go find out what they're doing. You'll get some ideas and learn from whatever implementation pain points they had so you don't make the same mistakes. In terms of resources that's out there, obviously, there's a lot of information. I can tell you, too, that, that Samsung made available, and I was involved with both of them. One is implementing a mobile program and, and rolling out mobile. It's a comprehensive guide to going mobile for law enforcement agencies. And the other is uh, a guide to achieving CGIS compliance with smartphones. Both of them are free, and we'll make sure that links to both are in the show notes. But uh, I think those will help agencies get started. Great. Dale, thank you so much. This was uh, great information, and hopefully an agency that is either has a mobile program or looking at implementing a mobile program uh, in law enforcement will see some benefit out of this. And I really appreciate your time. We thank you to Samsung for sponsoring this uh, podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks much, Scott.